Hey everybody, how's it going? Dan Sugar here on Yes Shift with my son Stephen. And this is part of our what do we call it? It's a solo series, Steve, but it's like Yeah, it's like solo albums after they've joined Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like like weirdly we've done one of these like unintentionally like before we did this series we did it with tony k's end of innocence so i guess we consider that part zero or something yeah because um, that that we did that as a because it debuted whereas most of the stuff yeah. we're covering is old new old stuff yeah like what's interesting is both uh tony k's first solo album and rick's first solo album since joining yes are both historical like one was much nearer and like we lived through it and the other is like centuries past so it's kind of weird how that happened and we're talking about the original keyboardist now his successor it's it's weird how that ended up happening yeah absolutely and today's feature is rick wakeman's six wives of henry the eighth um a phenomenal album in so many ways and when we say solo album for those of you who might be young or, or music fans not really know how that all works, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're the only ones on the album, but it's a solo project as an artist as opposed right. to being in the band. And the reason why Steve and I suggested or decided, I think he suggested um, covering... Well, it was your idea. You like came up with it. And... Oh, no wonder it made so much sense to me then. I was about <laughs> to explain it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because my, my thought was let's cover their solo albums from the period after they've joined Yes, even if they were still in Yes when they did it, because I wanted to kind of throw in the element on each episode of how much did being in Yes influence their solo stuff. It's easy to see the opposite if they had a solo career before joining Yes and how much that influenced Yes, but I thought the reverse uh, element was different. And by the way, Tell us where you're watching from and chime in on everything we're talking about. Um, I have the monitor up here on another device so that we can see your comments. I'm in Globe, Arizona, which is about 100 miles east of Phoenix. Steve is in Baker's Neck, Tuckyville Field, California. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in nowhere, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, tell us where you're all watching from and chime in on this album and chime in on the questions Steve and I ask each other because we don't really discuss this stuff before. Uh, He comes up with some notes just as a path, but we don't discuss, okay, so I'm going to say this and then you say this. Yeah, it's it's not scripted. Yeah, Yeah. and and sometimes we know each other's thoughts on a topic from talking about it for years and sometimes we really don't. So you're part of the conversation as well. So please chime in as my dog Sasha is. (laughs) <laughs> so steve where do you want to start uh yeah so this was rick's first solo album since joining yes and his first official solo album as well um i think i've told you this before but it's it's a funny story for people who don't know so um or maybe he doesn't think it's funny but whatever so uh before this there was an album called piano vibrations and basically he rick went in did some session work for a musician like a singer who didn't show up that day apparently and then like he wasn't sure like what was gonna happen with it and it ended up being released under rick's name and his management was like really upset about this and he's like he pretty much disowned piano vibrations i've listened to a bit of it some of it sounds 
kind of generic and safe backing stuff, but there is like a, a little bit of adventurousness in the third track. I didn't listen to that much of the album. Little, little was, pieces of his brilliance showing through. Right. Well, we colored the, outside the lines a little bit of what the project was intended to be, maybe. Maybe. Like the bits that I heard weren't as there wasn't as much of that virtuosity as what we expect from an actual Rick Wakeman solo album. Um, and what's funny is you and I have talked about his three solo albums that came after this um, on an episode paying tribute to um, Mr. Newell, one of the musicians who's performed with him. So it's like, we're finally getting to this one, like the first of those um, monumental, like iconic Rick Wakeman solo yeah. albums. And um, there was a recent article, like there are all these articles coming out, interviews with Rick, cause you know, he's been touring, he's finishing a tour, he's doing another one. Uh, this one is from Cleve scene. Uh, it's from Cleveland and uh, it, it's a fun interview. Um, I'll link it later on, but yeah, like one of, this is a little bit of a tangent, but one of the things he mentioned is that he loved to host something with Ricky Gervais. And it, in my head, I'm like, that makes so much sense. How did I not think of that? Like they have yeah. similar type of humor. Yeah. Um, but he was asked about uh, his first solo album, Six Lives of Henry VIII. Um, so do you want to start reading this or should I start? Or? Um, yeah, go ahead and start. And I'm going to show some photos from the album. Actually, right now, folks, you're seeing the inside cover, which is a gearhead I think is cool because it shows his assortment of keyboards uh, that he performed with back then and that he probably used for the most part to record this. But yeah, go ahead and I'll, I'll show this in the front cover as well. Yeah, that, that's a nice photo there. Yeah, I love um, that. Yeah, so he says, in November of 1971, I was in Los Angeles on my first tour with Yes. My manager said, Jerry Moss at A&M Records wants to see you. So we went to the lot, which was Charlie Chaplin's old studios, and they had become A&M Records offices. How cool is that? And I'll kind of read it from there. Uh, years later, I was a neighbor to Charlie in Switzerland. How bizarre is that? Uh, <laughs> and we talked about that a lot. Jerry said, uh, you're signed to us with the Straubs. We signed you with the option that we could pick you up and make a solo record. He asked me to make a solo record. I thought it was fantastic. On that tour, I bought a book at the Richmond, Virginia airport called The Private Life of Henry VIII. This was 1971 and way before Walkmans or anything like that. So his point is he wasn't able to listen to like a book on tape or something. Yeah, unfortunately, Rick Wakeman, not Rick Walkman. Um, <laughs> so he's, he continues, so when you were on tour, you either read or sobered up from the night before, or you did both. I was reading this book about the wives, and I thought how wonderfully musical it all sounded. I bought more and more books on the subject. Through 1972, I recorded the album between doing tours and doing other things. So yeah, this was recorded throughout... 72 so post fragile um maybe a bit of overlap with close to the edge possibly yeah. and it came out january 1973 um so yeah and we got the track list here just read it real quick so we got catherine of aragon catherine howard um oh sorry it's catherine of aragon Anne of cleves catherine howard and side two is jane seymour Anne boleyn and catherine parr 
Um, so, so where do you want to start with this? Like, do you want to talk about some of the musicians who are on this yeah, or favorite let's, tracks let's, or how do you want to approach this? Yeah, let's, let's talk about a few of the musicians because some of the people watching or listening might recognize a couple of them. I don't know. Um, so I'll kind of <laughs> do a run through um, and then we'll talk about the tracks. We can even go yeah. track by track and, and stuff. So uh, the first- oh, ju- just, just real quick. Um, on the Drum Talk TV page, we got Wayne Sims, he, who says, Hi, it's Wayne here, and Lester is pronounced as Jester in the UK. So thanks again uh, for that. All right. <laughs> thanks again for that is right, because that was corrected the other night, right? Am yeah. I right? <laughs> cool. Thanks, Wayne. Um, Catherine of Aragon, the opening track, features Bill Bruford, Steve Howe, and Chris Squire. It's essentially a yes song without vocals, but not really, because... Yeah, Rick there's a the, bit of vocalizing. Yeah. yeah, and Rick is the only one that that wrote it. But it's neat that all of them are on that. It's basically the fragile lineup without John, which is cool. Um, then uh, Barry D'Souza plays drums on Catherine Howard, and uh, Alan White plays drums on everything else. And then there's a few other great musicians. The great Ray Cooper. I've got to get Ray on Drum Talk TV. I'm a huge fan of Ray Cooper, going all the way back to. Uh, I saw him live for the first time at the Arms Festival, which was the the tour that the big stars did. Jeff Beck, Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton, Simon Phillips, Paul Rogers, um, many others for uh, Multiple Sclerosis, uh, for the artist. It escapes my name right now. Help me out, folks, if you can remember. But Ray Cooper was on that. He played with Elton John for years and years. Um, we'll talk about Ray again later when we talk about the live version of this album. Um, so Ray Cooper's on there, David Cousins on electric banjo on Catherine Howard, Chaz Cronk on uh, bass guitar on Catherine Howard. And like I said, yeah, a, a couple of, yeah, a couple of Straub's members there. Yeah. So it's neat. You know, he reached back into the family pool, basically, as I like to yeah. put it. Um, but yeah, you, so you want to go track by track? Uh, yeah, well, we could go for that. So Catherine of Aragon Wait, is probably, oh, let's, oh, sorry. Yeah. I want to ask the audience a question and then it realized, oh, I don't know the answer, your answer to this question, and you probably don't know mine. So, folks, when did you first hear this, if you've heard it? If you have not heard it and you're a prog rock fan, a Yes fan, or a Rick Wakeman fan, put your head down for a five-minute timeout after this show <laughs> and then go get it. It's a phenomenal album, a very pinnacle album. When's the first time you heard it, Steve? Uh, my first time was back in late 2008 when I was going through uh, other prog rock bands catalogs and also looking into the Yes members solo catalog. I was re-listening to uh, the Yes albums like in order, but also listening to the solo stuff in between. So, so you're like 14? Lo- yeah, I was maybe 13 going on 14. Yeah. Cool. And what was your first impression? Some of it was familiar because we've had the excerpts that he's performed with Yes and with ABWH. But listening to all of these in full, it was like, okay, so these are of uh, these are their full forms. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Catherine of Aragon and um, Jane Seymour and I believe Catherine Howard. Those were all parts of the excerpts that he played on. Yes songs. Um, I guess I'm kind of going all over the place. but That's okay. And that yeah. was my first exposure to this was seeing Yes songs when I was about 14. 
Well, that's weird. Same ages. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I heard the album maybe a year later, but my first exposure was at 14, 12, 14. Yeah. Something like that. Watching Yes songs and seeing that. And then when I, a friend said, yeah, that's, those are excerpts. You know, Irene, I saw that on the liner notes, but a friend of mine explained, I said, there's a whole album of this shit. <laughs> I got to get that. <laughs> Instant complete fan. Not that I wasn't already, but it really gave you a peek into Rick Wakeman as opposed to Rick Wakeman in a band, you know? Yeah. And Catherine Parr, that was one that I've heard like in the union tour recordings where oh. he does like the little duet with Trevor Rabin. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, Anne Boleyn, also excellent. Anne of Cleves. Uh, I remember back then when I first listened I was like, part of this reminds me of the ancient. Like, it has the same, or sounds kind of similar. Yeah, I never thought of that. Huh? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and um, I think one of our listeners has told us this before, but Catherine of Aragon was considered for the Fragile album before they got like. Yeah, but because of rights issues, uh, Rick couldn't, like, put it on, so he put um, Cans and Brahms. Like, it was going to be titled Handle with Care, which would have been really funny with, like, the fragile title. That's hilarious. And, uh, like, Golden says, hello, Dan. Hi, how are you? Tell us where you're watching from. And, yeah, go on, Steve. Yeah, and... After uh, you do the run-through, I want to know what your favorite track is, if you can narrow it down to one, and... Tell us also, folks, who are watching and listening. Uh, I mean, I could just go into that, like, right now. We'll go through the rest of the track list since you started that. Okay, so, well, okay, so Catherine of Aragon, Anne of Cleves, Catherine Howard, Jane Seymour, Anne Boleyn, and Catherine Parr. Um, so that's a track list, and... One of her I favorites was, match. Right. Um, so should I go ahead and say my favorite yeah. then, or... So my favorite is Anne of Cleves. It's got, it, it sounds really off, the most avant-garde to my ears. And the drumming is just so very quick and on point. Like, um, I think it's Alan on that one. He's very on point. And it is Alan, he, yeah. Yeah, like it's got, like, it's very proggy. Also has like bits of jazz, I think. Like, it's just a great mix. And it's a great pace. That's my favorite also. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe for the same obvious reasons. And um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great album. Uh, oh, gosh. There's all these other. I, <laughs> I didn't see that you added all these other. I'm looking at just Pedro. So let me let me mention just a few other musicians, folks. So we mentioned Alan White, Bill Bruford. We mentioned Steve Howe, Chris Squire. We mentioned... Um, uh, Barry D'Souza, Chaz Cronk, mentioned, of course, Ray Cooper. And then there's also Frank Riccati, plays percussion on Anne of Cleves, Catherine Howard and Catherine Parr. Uh, Sylvia McNeil does the vocals on Anne Boleyn. Judy Powell vocals on Catherine of Aragon. Laura Lee vocals on Anne Boleyn. Dave Lambert, guitar on Catherine Howard. Les Hurdle, bass guitar. Les is a great bass player. Uh, mm. Bass guitar on Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn. Uh, Mike Egan, guitar and Catherine of Aragon, Anna Cleves, Anne Boleyn, and Catherine Parr. Dave Winter on bass on Anne of Cleves and Catherine Parr, uh, also a great bass player. And 
Lisa Strike on vocals on Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn, and Barry St. John on vocals of Catherine of Aragon. And when these were done live many years later, which we'll get to, um, there was a full choir, full orchestra, full band. We'll get get to that when you're ready, Steve. We don't have to jump there right now. Okay. Um, yeah, like these are very like there are moments on a couple of these tracks where it sounds very spacey like rick will do the whole and it's just very you know it's signature rick wakeman it's his style of like really cements himself on this first solo record of his yeah uh, after joining yes yeah absolutely um so let's go to uh the live versions. You mentioned the excerpts on Yes songs. You mentioned uh, Sing, uh, ARW. Um, and my favorite is, and folks, you've got to see this, the whole thing all the way through in order. It's Six Wives of Henry VIII at Hampton Court with the full orchestra, full choir, full band. Adam Wakeman is also on keyboards. Tony Fernandez. Rick Wakeman's longtime live drummer. Ray Cooper is on percussion. Um, the two guitar players and the bass player, I should know. I'm having a brain fart right now. Senior moments are great. Help me. Do you know who they are, Steve? Um, you can look it up real quick while I just tell people a little bit more about it. And the narrator escapes me, too. Yeah, Brian Blessed. He, yeah. he has such a great voice. Like Yeah, and he's so well, such a great storyteller and has such a physical presence. He's perfect for coming out in between each song and giving the story of each wife and them meeting their end. And then the song starts. It's, it's such a great production with Hampton Court in the background. In fact, here's uh, while you look that up, Steve, here's the DVD, folks. Um, and I'll enlarge that. This is the front of the DVD, and it literally is at Hampton Court. Uh, here's a live shot. Yeah, so the bassist at that show was Jonathan Noyce. Ah, yes. Yeah, and yeah. he is just so solid. Yeah, and I really liked how for the that performance, the songs are played in like the chronological order of the wives. And exactly. Yeah, he also threw in um, a couple other tracks as well to fill out the set list. So it, it's a really well shot show. Have it on Blu-ray, and it's just so well done. It's just I have it is very well shot. It's a great production all around. I have to say, I like the live versions a lot better than the studio versions. Nothing against the studio versions, but if, folks, if you follow the show, if you watch Drum Talk TV and hear me talk about music. I always gravitate towards live versions first when I discover something in most cases. And then typically this is the case. I end up hearing live versions and like it better. Um, I forgot to mention um, Live at Hampton Court came out not that long ago. Five, well, six, it seven was, years? It was filmed in 2009. Nine, and longer ago than I yeah <laughs> but yeah still, it's light years ahead of when the album came out and and i think right. the versions are so much better including our favorite anna of cleaves it's just so much more articulated that that drop beat that time signature it's just everyone is so tight and you got so much going on you got an orchestra 
playing with a, let me think, there's Rick plus, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, there's seven members in the band, because there's Adam, the two guitar players, the bass, yeah, there's seven. Yeah, there's seven of them plus a full choir plus a full orchestra, and it is tight as a three-piece locking in. It's amazing. It really is. And um, the sounds, the modern sounds of his keyboards, yet the samples of the old keyboards. You know, like again, I reflect back to being 14. I think when I first heard the album, and like, what are these sounds? It what is all that you <laughs> yeah, it's like lasers <laughs> yeah i mean it's the typical mini moog sound uh so a great amazing job of reproducing such uh deep music in a way that is so digestible and totally works it's not like okay we're doing it live it has to just be the skin and bones it's the whole thing and more really and i love that i just i love that yeah and it kind of set a trend for a little bit like Rick making these albums based on historical stuff or inspired by literature. Yeah, exactly. Like, like we have the couple albums that come after this and later he in the 80s, he does 1984. Um, so, yeah, he's like taking inspiration from these outside sources and sort of making them his own. Exactly. I want to read a comment, if I may, on the Yes yeah. Shift page. Uh, Robert Heckman, thanks for joining us again. Uh, Robert says, a bit of trivia. On board Cruise to the Edge, we have a Rick Wakeman cape contest. Wow. <laughs> with the winner decided during a cape fashion show, with the winner receiving a free cabin on the next year's cruise. There have been some Wakeman-worthy capes each year. I didn't know that. That is <laughs> awesome. Yeah. They should, they should announce the winner pulling into Cape Horn or something. <laughs> that That's really cool. I had no idea. By the yeah. way, folks, speaking of wake men, wait, speaking of wake mans, we're going to have Oliver <laughs> Wakeman on March 26th. And uh, we'll, of course, dive deep into Oliver's career, but we'll ask him about his dad and what his favorite yes music is and dad music and, of course, other music. So just didn't want to forget to plug that since we're talking about wake man's yeah it's gotta be on facebook live at noon that day so yeah, yeah feel free to send in any questions and we might consider them um really what do you think yeah. of hampton court uh, as a whole and then do you have a favorite song from that yeah yeah i probably echo the same things like anne of cleaves is my favorite track from the album so it's probably my favorite off of there as well and you know, just seeing the architecture, and it's it really feels like a crossover between the past and the present. It's like you're going back in time, and you yeah. have also have the modern technology. Um, He's got like, the enormous church organ at the top yeah. of that really tall stairway. Got the finale with him and Adam on the keytars out in the front of the stage. That that is just awesome. Yeah, just all around great production, great like showmanship with that. Um, like with the shows, like he, he really goes all out, whether it be a really big, lavish one or a smaller, intimate one, like his piano concerts and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like the capes just became like his thing. Like it's part, and I love how he like the one that he wears at the Hampton Court concert. It's really cool. Yeah, I saw him 
at the Beverly Theater in Beverly Hills in 19, I want to say 82 or 83, somewhere around there. I don't remember the album he was touring, but um, he does the show. And then for the encore, he comes out. He didn't have a cape the whole time. But for the encore, he came out with one of his capes and everyone went nuts. I mean, everyone <laughs> went berserko. And he said, nothing like a little bit of nostalgia. And that was just so cool to see. <laughs> and I'm looking at this thing thinking they must carry this in like a special anvil um, wardrobe case. I'm sure they did to take such care of it because it was very, to see it in person, you really grasp how lavish it is. It was had the white fur around the top and the sequins and just the inner lining was quilted and shiny. It was just amazing. It was really cool. That was fun to see. Yeah, I saw him um, back in November 2017 over in Camberley, England. Uh, this is when he was oh, doing yeah. the whole piano portraits thing. And yeah, I even got to meet him, which I wasn't expecting. He was doing the like signing uh, after the show. And um, here, here's a little bit of trivia. So one of the questions I asked him about was, uh, so uh, John Anderson's biography on his website used to show like this timeline and one of the things on there was like 1983 uh john rick and keith emerson try to like do a collaboration and uh, but so i asked rick about that and he said that in the late 80s and in the 90s rick and keith were trying to do something but john was never part of that so oh. i don't i don't know if maybe one of them misremembered or if maybe john thought oh it'd be cool if I get with the three of them, I should tell them and just maybe never told them or whatever. But um, in any case, um, like I would have loved to have heard uh, Rick and Keith on something like yesterday oh, yeah. was the sixth anniversary of Keith's passing. Like he's another yeah. virtuoso, one of those prog rock keyboardists that really shaped the genre. Like there's a lot of that going on in the early since, 70s. Since you brought that up, can I plug something real quick? Uh, sure. Okay, so folks, if you go to the Drum Talk TV Facebook page, you'll see a photo of Keith and I uh, from a few years ago. And being that yesterday was his path passing and Carl Palmer's birthday is on the 20th, and I won't be around for the 20th, I don't think. We already set on our schedule that on Drum Talk TV, I'm doing a tribute to both Carl Palmer and Keith Emerson, and I'm going to play some ELP music as well as some Asia music for, for Carl, part of Carl's um, history. So please tune in. It is some of my favorite music. And Rick and Keith are not drummers, but they are two of my absolute favorite musicians. And I got to spend a little bit of time with both of them. Um, so join join us for that to celebrate their music and their lives, both um, Greg Lake, Keith Emerson with Carl Palmer's music, and then Carl with Asia, which of course includes Jeff and Steve Howe. So check that out. That'll be what? What time is that again, Steve? It's the that, that's gonna be on. Yeah, it's gonna be on the eighteenth. Um, two thirty Pacific or one thirty Pacific, if I remember right. Um, two thirty. Two thirty Pacific, because we're on the same time zone by then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, two thirty Pacific, the eighteenth on the Jump Talk TV Facebook page. It'll be live. I'll take requests. Who takes ELP requests? Who's crazy enough? <laughs> I am. I do. I'll take those requests and I'll play them. I already have a couple up my sleeve. I'll tell you what they are. I'm going to play live Tarkus. I'm going to play live um, Carnival 9 first and third impression 
possibly the second if I could find a good recording of it. There you go. Okay, back to right. Rick. That's an yeah. interesting trivia. I didn't I didn't remember you telling me about that. I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah, we also have a comment in one of the groups I shared too. So Mike Shirk says, fond memories introducing this album to my kids. House was dark and a lightning storm was lighting the sky. Outstanding experience. Yeah, that's like a really unique memory. Like, you know, you got the lightning outside, you're listening to Six Lives of Henry VIII. Like, that's like, I live for memories like yeah. that. Like, when, when, you, when you remember something so specific of like, what was the smell when I was listening to this? Or like, um, weirdly, like, whenever I listen to 90125, I think about how I would read Goosebumps books while listening to that CD. Oh, that's like, right. 2004. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring this photo up again because Brad Delph, one of our fans. Hey, Brad, thanks again for chiming in again. Uh, I, he says, I was always impressed by Six Wives of Henry VIII. When you open the gatefold, there was Rick surrounded by his keyboards. And it's a little difficult to read um, in this image. But yeah, they're all labeled, which I love. You know, I think most drummers are gearheads, and I'm a total gearhead when it comes to drums, keyboards, stringed instruments, amplifiers, anything. Uh, I'm into it. So this is really cool to show the the legend, and especially back in the day with all this old caveman gear, um, some of which is still used, which is really cool. So yeah, that that's a great note that the the whole packaging of it was really cool, and the way it should be done. You know, tell a story with the packaging, not just nice artwork, which is part of it, of course, but showing all the keyboards and labeling what he played. Uh, it's one of the things I always admired about Rush's programs. They list everything that they used on the tour, every guitar, every amp, every everything, drums, heads, cymbal mm -hmm. sticks, same with Getty's equipment. So that, that's cool. It started way back then with these prog heads. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I see that... Um, I think there's like another comment on Yes Shift right there. Uh, so it's from Robert Heckman again. It says, I've always thought that a Rick Wakeman, Edgar Winter collaboration would be very entertaining. Wow. That is interesting. Yeah, because Rick can certainly rock out. Uh, there's that. There's a couple things on Gaslamp. Um was it called Gaslamp? There's one where he's jamming with Ian Pace. There's one with him and John Lord rocking out, trading solos. Oh, my God. That is just John Lord, another having passed amazing uh, musician royalty, keyboard royalty. Um, it's cool to see these, these magnificent players collaborate, you know, not just with the other magnificent players in their own bands, but you know, with, with each other, especially on same instruments and things like that. That's really cool. Um, that would be interesting, though, Edgar yeah. Winter. I could totally see that happening. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I'm looking through. Uh, so what the questions, maybe we already answered this, but what effect did Rick working with Yes and having already done fragile with them what what effect did that have on this solo album i think so when did when did six wives come out i forgot 73 january 73 right yeah so he had just started working with alan white because alan joined two weeks before the close to the edge tour bill bruford never played on the tour for that album so 
he was must have really been impressed for Alan to play on most of those songs and they didn't play together that long. So I, I love that. That that says a lot about the answer to the question and the fact that he had Steve Howe and Chris Squire and Bill Bruford play on the opening track. It clearly had a huge uh, effect. Um, I, I, I'm searching in the caverns of my brain to kind of compare <laughs> um, Six Wives to an earlier solo album that Rick would have done. And I, I think it's clear that this is a much larger, grandiose picture. And to your point, Steve, it sort of set him on that path where he read that book about history and that was the running theme for really what's a concept album. Then you have Journey to the Center of the Earth and you have Return to the Center of the Earth and where yeah. he wrote this, an unwritten story, which is really cool. Um, so King yeah. King Arthur. The, yeah, King Arthur. Um, there was, yeah, King Arthur. Oh, the live video of that is great too. <laughs> this guy's just amazing. Um, and I'm glad that he, I missed him, unfortunately. I couldn't get to his show in Phoenix. I was heartbroken. First it got canceled or postponed. And then when it got rescheduled, I just couldn't get there. Um, I would have loved to have seen it. Right. But yeah, I mean, there was like a bunch of stuff going on. So, yeah, you, you know, things happen. Um, so do you have anything else to say about Six Wives of Henry VIII before we go into some, like, I guess, current news of, like, upcoming things for Rick? I, I don't think so. I think we covered it all. I'm going to look and see if any fans have any other comments, folks, if you do, that you missed us covering or that we didn't cover that you want to add to the conversation, please let us know. All in all, I think it's a 10 out of 10. There isn't anything on oh, that wow. album for my musical sensibilities that makes me go, eh, I'm going to skip over this one. Let me lift the needle over that one, go to the next groove. <laughs> you know, it doesn't happen on on this. And, and especially, I, I can't emphasize enough how much I want to inspire people to get live at Hampton Court. It's truly amazing. It really is. Yeah, it, it's hard for me to rate albums numerically more so than said, it's ten out of ten. <laughs> more so than it is for me to rate films. Well, that's interesting. Um, Why? What's the difference? Uh, I don't know. I guess I get more attached to music than to films for okay. some reason. I don't know, but I get that. But, I get. But that. but yeah, like I can't really find anything wrong with this, other than I, I guess a minor critique is that. Uh, on the recent uh, re-listen, I realized, huh, it sounds shorter than I would think. Like, it's 36 minutes. It's, like, a few minutes shorter than one might think. Like, it yeah. goes by real quickly. But, I mean, if that's the only minor quibble that one can have with it, that really says a lot. Yeah, that you want more. And, and I agree, because I'm used to the live version. You know, I, I haven't heard this album all the way through till today for years, for years. Right. I mean, once Hampton Court came over, I, I went over there. <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> it really, really is. It's so good. And I know I'm probably, it sounds like I'm overhyping it, but folks, when you watch it, write us. And by the way, you can write us. You can write us at yesshiftpodcast at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts on episodes. This is episode 34, plus there's about a dozen news desk Report. So we have around 50 episodes altogether or so. Sorry about that. Um, 
<laughs> we'll take suggestions for shows. There's been a few shows that have come out of fan suggestions. We've still got a couple up our sleeve. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you can follow us. We're not done. I'm just throwing this out there right now. You can follow us right here on our Facebook page where we're going live. And then Steve pulls it down and he takes the audio, rips it, and he puts it on our Anchor channel at anchor.fm slash yesshift, which distributes it to about seven different popular channels. What are they, Steve? They're they're uh yeah there, there's a bunch just go to anchor.fm yes shift and people will see them yeah but, yeah and then you just pick your favorite one that maybe you're already subscribed to or whatever right yeah um so yeah i guess now with that we could go into rick wakeman news um so on his youtube channel he's uploaded after the ball again from that live portraits uh tour back in 2018 and he also uploaded something called Live Portraits Outtakes, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's like a little montage thing. I'll play some of Rick in the background while you take us through this. Some Jane Seymour from this recent tour. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, okay, so on his website, he, on February 27th, he's announced that Adam Faulkner is the drummer for the spring English rock ensemble shows. Um, I'm just opening that up real quick and sort of summarize it. So Tony Fernandez is no longer part of that tour. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So there's a quote says Tony has been a brilliant mainstay of the English rock ensemble since 1975, but as he now lives permanently in Portugal and with all the current travel restrictions as well, it's just not viable for him to come over for a few shows here and there. Oh. Um, yeah. So that, that's a bit of a bummer, but. Uh, so it says uh, Adam Faulkner, who previously worked with um, Adam Wakeman in Headspace and also stood in for Tony Fernandez with the Straubs in 2012 to 2014, alongside regular work with Amy McDonald, Dido, and Patricia Cass. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit, you know, change of personnel there, yeah, I, I guess. I know that about Tony. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and just looking through these other items. Okay, so I'm... Mar- oh, d- go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to take longer to look. <laughs> I was just going to throw out... Uh, folks, also check out Yes Fan Dawn on YouTube. Shout out to Yes Fan Dawn on YouTube. That's where we grabbed the video that you're hearing the music from of Rick playing uh, Jane Seymour live from March 2022 in Atlanta. So thank you, Yes Fan Dawn. Check out his YouTube channel. It's some really good videos there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see. On March 8th, uh, we got... Uh, okay, so it says, Playing on the Tracks Original Artwork Charity Auction. So there's like this... Um, sorry. There's this original piece of artwork of Rick Wakeman. It was made by Lindsay Bex, a.k.a. L.A. Bex, uh, who will be... And it will be auctioned at a special charity event, the Chelsea Lodge Festival, on Sunday, March 20th, with proceeds going to something called Life Lights. Um, let's see, a charity to maintain specialist technologies for children and young people using hospice services throughout the British Isles. Um, so yeah, people can look up the details of that on his website. And... Um, more recently, just yesterday, there's this announcement that Rick is joining the Rock and Romance Cruise in 2023. Um, 
So yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not very familiar with many of these rock cruises. Like Cruise to the Edge is the only one I'm somewhat yeah, familiar Yeah, for me, with, uh, that and Monsters of Rock I'm familiar with. But what was the last one? Rock and Romance? Yeah, I'm looking at the lineup that's on this, like on their that's site. That's funny, um, being that he's been married as many times as Henry VIII, I think. <laughs> Almost. Or has he been married um, more times than I have? Uh, he's been married four times, I think. Oh, so he and I are tied. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, but it looks like this cruise also has, like, um, Don Felder, formerly of the Eagles. Oh, cool. um, there's something called the Newbies, a just funny-sounding name to They're me. They're kind of new. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's pretty cool that he's taking part in that. Yeah, Um awesome. Yeah, and I also listened to something called Play It Forward. I think it's a podcast or maybe it's part of a radio show or something. But in any case, on February 28th, they put out this clip of an interview with Rick Wakeman. And they talked a little bit about the Beatles Get Back documentary and how it's like really cool seeing like the making of. And Rick was asked whether there might be like a recording of him making something at some point. And he said he suggested that that could be a thing when he records his uh, when he's recording his solo album this coming summer. But he says he wouldn't want to record the early stages of it because it might be too distracting to him. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like making of uh, stuff like that. You know, behind the scenes, you see the oh, genesis yeah. of the music. Uh, not to be confused with Genesis, the band. But right. you know, I have been a documentary fan my whole life and i've been a music documentary fan since i saw my first music documentary at i think 10 years old it was a documentary called chicago at the ranch and it was chicago recording at caribou ranch in colorado and it it was great i loved that because you got insight to them just being people as opposed to what we see on stage and what we look at on the album so yeah lo- love all that stuff always have yeah yeah looking at comments on yes shift eli golden says my favorite drummer is neil peart and yeah. robert heckman says good show gotta go see you next time uh yeah. yeah thanks for tuning in robert yeah thanks everyone so much anything else steve on this um no i think we've pretty much covered it um i i I guess like just a little tangent to that one of our listeners, Carl Coppage, whom I've been like messaging back and forth with kind of brought up an interesting point, which is that there isn't a lot of yes, solo stuff going on right now. Um, Like we, we know of course, Oliver Wakeman is working on stuff. Uh, John Anderson has thousand hands chapter two, but like, when is that coming out? And he's working on all these other things. Right. Um, but, but for the most part, it's looking like collaborations like DBA arc of life, uh, stuff like that. Right. So yeah, it's kind of an interesting time, but uh, it's cool to look back at these solo albums that were the members first since joining. Yes. Yeah. What's the next one we're going to cover? Yeah, so the next one is Two Sides of Peter Banks, which was made by, and surprise, surprise, Peter Banks. Um, <laughs> Both of him. Yeah. That'll yeah, be fun. Yeah, very clever wordplay there with the two sides, yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. I don't think you've listened to that one. Right? I think what? I've heard maybe one or two songs. So I'm looking forward to diving in before we do the show. Yeah, I've listened to it once, maybe twice. I'm going to listen to it again to refresh myself on it. But I remember really liking it. So we'll, we'll get into that. Um, that'll be on the 17th, St. Patrick's Day, because uh, that's just when when one of the free slots on our schedule ended up being. Yeah, we're um, green. Yeah, it's going to be 7 p.m. Pacific, I think. Correct. Uh, yeah. That's okay. Correct. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So tune in for that. And then it's the next day that I'm doing the Carl Palmer, Keith Emerson tribute on Jump Talk TV. Yep. So yeah, lots of great stuff coming up. Um, yeah. And always appreciate hearing from listeners and prog rock fans alike. Oh, uh, Wayne Sims says all time favorite drummer is John Bonham. Yeah. That's another legend right there. Like, yeah. yeah. My first biggest influence. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Uh, something special happening regarding that that I can't mention yet. Uh, oh wow. <laughs> here's a li- well you know about it I think. Um maybe well it has uh, to we'll, do with we'll, the, we'll talk about later I guess. Maybe Trump if you mention it to me it has to do with the Trump Talk TV 10 year anniversary. Um Oh yeah, I remember now. Yeah, okay. So uh <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, something real big that I can announce uh, a year a year or two, a month or two from now. But uh, a, a little fun fact about me. If you, anybody out there, Steven, someone I meet, if you tell me something that I've got to take into the afterlife and not tell anyone, I can absolutely do that. Keeping my secret is really difficult for me. When we work on special <laughs> Drum Talk TV stuff, it's so hard for me to keep bottled up. Um, three years ago, or I'll just say at one point, I don't want to give too much away. I had a surprise 60th birthday for my wife and a bunch of her kids came up from Vegas. We live way up in the mountains and everything. She had no idea. That was one of the hardest secrets I ever had to keep. So it's hard for me to keep this other thing. But John Bonham, one of my biggest influences, uh, him and another very, very famous drummer, musician, vocalist, I'll leave it at that, will be part of this big drum talk tv event one form or another that will be i can say this filmed in november televised in january i'll just leave it at that yeah yeah it's a nice little teaser yeah 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 I mean, lots lots of things going on with music it's amazing how many things we can make out of all of it it's, yeah it's and great. it's great <laughs> to see bands out on the road too that always gives more to talk about and it it's gives a sense of normalization you know, kind of getting back to normal. I know that all the artists are really thrilled to be back on the road. It's making it a little more difficult to schedule interviews online. And it's it's hard for me to get down to Phoenix um, sometimes to do interviews in person like we used to in Vegas and like we've done in Phoenix. But we'll, we'll be working on that on the Jump Talk TV side. And Steve and I have a whole uh, list of folks that we are or have approached to be on this show from Yes. So stay tuned for that. And like we said, next up is Oliver Wakeman. Yeah. Well, yeah. Two sides of Peter Banks and then Oliver yeah. Wakeman. Well, I mean, I mean, as far as he <laughs> as far as Oh, he yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Thanks, everybody, so much for following what we do. Share it with a fellow uh, Yes slash Wakeman slash 
frog fan and slash uh, cape fan cape fan for sure keys fan yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> all right thanks everybody <laughs>